1: Hey, I'm Mitch, and I'm Greg, and this is Side Note, a podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic, and then we research and splice in all the mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today we are talking about Justin Trudeau. Oh, justy, justy pants. Uh, He is in the middle of a scandal here in Canada. It has to do with SNC-Lavalin, which is a company. So we're going to tell our stories about our relationships with him. We both, in fact, voted for him in the last election. And the second half of this pod is going to be us discussing how we now feel about him in light of these new accusations. And of course, throughout, we'll be spicing in some Canadian politics and the science. Today's side notes will be presented by me, Craig, and Rachel.
0: Hey friends, let's get into it.
2: Hi.
1: Hi, what's up? Yeah,
2: nothing. I I feel like we have we not recorded in a while. Like maybe we were a little bit ahead. We were on vacation. Yeah, cuz we were away. Yeah, so we I just feel like we haven't actually sat here and recorded in. Feels no nice. One.
1: There's a pep in our step cuz we were just mostly reading for a week. Yeah,
2: truly. I it's I read two books in one week, which is like I don't know if I've done ever or standing ovation yeah because we also always have this goal to like read what like a book a month or like recently it's been one of our like resolutions i know you say you're not supposed to tell people your resolutions but like that was you who said that you made a video i I think you actually
1: made a video that you put on our youtube channel literally about that i know (laughs) but i've
2: like accomplished that last year and so i'm like okay now i think it's part of a habit anyway i feel so good because i'm like i'm so ahead of the trend right now like i got an how many books have you read this year four and we're only in the 3rd month, just entering the 3rd month. Oh, I started God. five but one I decided it, it I didn't like it so I Some it.
1: might say you're an intellectual. Wow. Others might say not so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, hard uh, on yours. How,
2: how was your vacation? Greg? Great.
1: Great, great, great. Great. I loved I loved. We were in Panama, mm-hmm. the beautiful country of Panama. We were in the city of Panama City <laughs> and then we went to another place called Bocas del Toro. Actually, it just occurred to me like is it just called
2: Panama City. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, is it called
1: Toronto City? No. No. Okay, the city wow. is called Panama City City. <laughs> yeah. Do you no, know what I mean? No. It's called <laughs> Panama Panama <laughs> City. The city of Panama City. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like New York City. You know what I mean? Like in New York. Uh, I don't know why this
2: has never occurred to me. But would you say you would never? Say it would be Los like Angeles if it would be city. like if we
1: were Ontario City. If Toronto was called Ontario City. What? This is too confusing. No, Toronto is called Toronto, but you don't call it Toronto City. No, I know, but Panama City is called Panama City.
2: Oh, no, but that's a country, like Canada City, not Ontario. Yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> it would be like Canada City,
1: but New York is a state. You know, like there's New York, uh, the state of New York, and New York City. Got it. Got okay. it. Wow. Whoa. I'm here. Quebec this, City. Quebec got City. Got it. Okay. Yeah. This is not a... Well, it's well, sort of about Quebec in a way. Not He didn't are. read a geography book. I mean, wow, I'm pretending I know everything about city <laughs> names. I have no idea. But that, that was a fun, wow, connecting the dots. Oh, what did we learn this week? So, what I learned this week is about... Uh, Panama. Panama City. (laughs) (laughs) But it's actually about Panama because this is not in Panama City. This is in the country of Panama. So what we learned, of course, if you go to Panama, you want to go see the canal, the Mm -hmm. Panama Canal. Honestly, iconic. I, c- if I feel iconic. like as an ignorant tourist, it's one of the only things going in that I like know about about
2: Panama. You yeah, like I mean? a
1: lot of people are like, "Why are you going to Panama? The canal?" And it's like, "No, okay, it's a really interesting country." <laughs> and but it does. It's not as touristy, as It's neighbor Costa Rica, right. and I've actually been to Colombia and Costa Rica with the neighbor of both. Oh both God. sides of Panama. Both yeah. sides of Panama, and both really amazing, interesting countries. But Panama was very developed. It had the mm-hmm. American currency. A lot to do with the history of the Panama Canal, mm-hmm. which was. The main thing that we really learned about when we were there, it's a huge part of like why its economy is pretty strong. This canal is wild. So what I want to talk to you about is Lake Gaton, which is what... Okay. We learned. Yeah, we did about, not know this. We did not I also realize how
2: little I understood about the canal. I'm so embarrassed. Which I'll maybe explain a little bit after you explain. Yeah, Mitch this was lake.
1: Even <laughs> while we were there, Mitch was not fully grasping what was going on. It was until really Greg figured out this lake thing. Okay, okay, okay. So, anyways, in order to get ships across from the Pacific to the Atlantic, they used to have to obviously go around South America, very far, way more expensive. Until they realized that there was an ismith. Mm-hmm. Ismeth, which Ismus, Ismus is Isthmus is which is the name for like a very thin layer of land that connects two oceans. Mm-hmm. So Panama is an isthmus; it's very thin. So they decided to make a canal through it so that ships could go through and essentially like change economy and shipping forever. But and it, save like I think they said that it would take two weeks to go around, yeah, versus like eight hours. Eight to go hours. Across. And so the what they had to do because. Panama is still relatively thick, is they needed to flood the middle of it in order to create a giant human-made lake that boats could then go through. And this mm-hmm. lake is called Lake Gatun. and they used, they built a dam on I'm this... S- you say it different every time? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Oh, wait, 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 What it would be like a Spanish word of like, like, gato? Yeah, okay. No, that's French! Oh! <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, they built a dam to actually flood mm-hmm. this huge portion of Panama that now essentially you can just picture literally like oil tankers going through mm-hmm. this like picture like mountaintops that have become islands <coughs> maybe not
2: full-fledged mountains but what once looked like giant mountains now boats go through as yeah. though they're islands well they
1: weren't mountains they were more you know they what were I mean? wooded area like hills right. i would Hi- say hills okay yeah yeah and they were there was a wooded area that now it's really interesting cuz a lot of scientists actually study these specific islands cuz they're they're untouched by humans essentially these like human-created islands by flooding this Mm -hmm. middle of Panama to create this man-made lake. I don't like saying that. Woman and man-made lake, although it was mostly man when you learn about the history has created this, like, specific sort of untouched islands where they, like, are now looking at what is actually would have happened if you looked in these parts of the world. And just, like, left them alone. And left them alone, which I thought was, like, so interesting. Yeah. But they did not, in the museum, go into this lake enough. Because mm. I was, like...
2: It was, like, one word on a thing that I, in museums, I'm always, like, oh, skin, 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 Yeah, scan. Mitch was not Craig was, like, it. did you see about the lake? And I was, like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I was, like, two rooms ahead of him because I'm, like, you're so
1: slow. And then I realized I don't read <laughs> properly. But it's crazy I, th- I still think it's crazy. I'm like, I wish like being there. I was like, they flooded the middle of Panama to create this canal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big topic of conversation when you're learning about it. You learn a lot about the lock system. You actually can physically go there and watch the boats get lifted up to above right. sea level to go through this human-made lake. And
2: the lake is like 80 kilometers long. So then they travel yeah. 80 kilometers and then get brought back down to the. And ocean. there's a
1: lot of sunken ships in the lake for like any of the ships that go off the beaten path. I guess trying to like make it a little shorter, and then they oh. obviously hit something because it's like they, you need to stay <laughs> Designed on this path. This very design- designed for this yeah. reason. Anyways, I thought it was interesting to know that that canal is not, in fact, a skinny little portion of land. This is literally what I thought. I just have to quickly say, like, and I'm sure other people thought this too, because I've seen the lock mechanism be
2: described to me, and I thought that was the whole canal. That I thought it was, like, part of Panama was so skinny that there was, like, a hundred meter stretch that the boats would just, like, go over and be to the other side. And then when we were at the canal, I was like, why didn't they just, like, drill all the way through the land so the boats didn't have to go up and over? not realizing that it's literally like 80 kilometers they have to travel once yes. they get raised up. Yeah. I'm so stupid. I... No, well
1: I mean you couldn't know that. The only thing that was a little bit too stupid about it was that we were like <laughs> reading the museum and you still thought that until near and the end of I, it. as we were just talking I realized when
2: I first because we first got there and heard them talking with the speaker like oh it would take two weeks to go around it takes eight hours to go through. I was like eight hours to go through this tiny little lock? I was like is it because it's such a backlog of all these ships just waiting for their that they just have to sit there for eight hours it's like no it's uh, 80 kilometers. It's a long trip, yeah. But, but much shorter than going around. And
1: I just think about imagine being like in that like land in the jungle and just like swimming on a beach and just seeing oil tanker after oil tanker after oil tanker mm-hmm. will grow through. And as us living on the East Coast like in Toronto and New York City for example any Chilean wine that you have has come through the right. Panama Canal. So many fruits All and vegetables. Bananas from, yeah. from Ecuador. But another interesting thing is that from California a lot of the food that they make we still will receive from a ship that went canal. through the Panama Canal. So mm-hmm. we would go down and go through as opposed to being driven. In right. some cases, it's more actually like economically. Probably cheaper, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, fascinating. As much as I was sort of like, what is this canal when I got there? I was like, this is actually That's crazy, really cool. yeah. My, uh, what I learned this week is not related to Panama. Well, you learned that <laughs>
2: Panama was thicker than you thought. Yeah, much thicker. Uh, it's also not related to Justin Trudeau. It's related to a new study that came out, which is kind of hammering home the same point that vaccines do not cause autism. Okay. So they did like a huge, another huge oh long God. study of over 650,000 kids. And they realized that the, the the significance of this study over any others was that not only did it find that vaccines don't cause autism, they also found that it doesn't trigger autism in kids who are who are at high risk to get autism okay. so that was sometimes an argument like but what if my kid maybe could get autism it's more likely and the vaccine kind of like kicks it into gear okay. and they realized by studying this it was like watching kids over, over a decade and then following up with them um, and that's like 650,000 kids again uh, yeah no link and I know there's like not a lot to say about this other than it's just
1: like, like that exhausted article that did so much damage it's all based on
2: <sighs> one study that the author has redacted that people always link back Back to there has now been I think this, this 17 previous major studies that have found no link between vaccines and autism and sorry I shouldn't necessarily say like all vaccines this study and all those studies were on the MMR measles mumps rubella, and rubella say it again
1: vaccine. with me measles so, mumps and rubella
2: but that's the one that all the, the kids get when they're young to like protect them yeah. from these diseases that they're at high risk from. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean like I don't have anything else to say other than like stop spreading this false idea. It doesn't mean we can't say, hey let's make sure vaccines are still safe and any new vaccines we should be
1: but testing. stop claiming that. Yeah,
2: it's really, it's no longer a point the scientific community you know at this point it's just like it's done
1: and measles are back cute good job everyone (laughs) measles
2: are back cute and it seems like there's more celebrities than ever that are like supporting this
1: notion so that's a weird part of the (sighs) world we live in and how how do we make people listen to science oh my gosh that's a consistent thing that we're gonna be talking about for the rest of life Story story time story time story time story time So today we are talking about Justin Trudeau Mm -hmm. in the midst of a controversy here in Canada. If you don't know about it, we are going to, after the middle break, go into this SNC-Lavalin controversy, get to our opinions now on Justin Trudeau as people who, in our story time, I want to talk about voted for him. Yeah, I, I won't
2: say too much about it now other than, for especially like Americans or people around the world who have no idea. There well, it's is actually
1: a big deal now. The New York fair, Times is on it.
2: But there are like Canadians who don't even quite know. So we'll explain, the, explain We'll it, explain yeah. the whole thing. But for now, just know that there is like quite a scandal going it's on. It's a big deal for us Canadians. Ooh,
1: I, it's, juicy. it's juicy. Juicy, juicy, juicy. So okay, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about Justin Trudeau and our history with him because we do have some <laughs> stories kind of about him. And to start, I want to know, did you vote for Him in the last election. Wow, that is private information that you're not allowed to ask people. Wait, really? No, I'm joking. I I
2: did vote for Justin Trudeau in the last election. No, some people are some people are very particular and don't want to have to reveal who they. I think it's important that if we give our opinions on him, that we can explain that we did vote for him. I did too. Yeah, that's true. I think that gives context of how we'll have a lot of discussions in, and
1: how we having an opinion, a, a negative opinion on him, even after you voted on him.
2: Because I usually
1: vote NDP, but in the last election it was kind of like he really wasn't going to potentially win until right before the election. Do you remember that? It was, yeah, very, it was like, very like last minute.
2: Because often, for those not from Canada, there's two parties that are kind of left leading and they can sometimes split the vote, but often near an election, then everyone's like, Hey, which one's which yeah, one are we voting for? Yeah, the left leading people. Because the conservatives have been in power for so long and I think everyone wanted a change that it was like we can't we can't split this vote. And then within like the last two weeks, it was like everyone just was like like, like okay no we're all voting for liberal because they have the best chance of winning
1: and they won by a lot more than i think people had expected yeah yeah so around that time do you remember we made a video about voting for science because the conservative Mm -hmm. government prior to justin trudeau had actually passed like silencing science yeah it was silencing scientists making it so that scientists couldn't speak publicly in canada about their science i don't what do you think the reason for that was I
2: think that they just wanted control of narratives. And so if there was, especially to do with things like climate climate change, change. it was like Canada was a big producer of oil and tar sands. And yeah, like a lot of things that climate scientists look at it and go like that's perhaps one of the worst things that's happening in the world with the relation to Here climate." In Canada yeah, yeah especially in Canada so I think that a government that wanted to exploit those resources was like we want to have control of the narrative and paint these they would the government would sometimes at that time have ads that tried to make the oil sands they still do sometimes you go good. to the
1: movies in Toronto and they're like you might think the oil sands are just oil turbines, but look at them here. We plant grass on top, and then they have, like, bunny noises, and then it's, like, brought to you by the government of Alberta. And I'm like, isn't that (laughs) propaganda? Like, are you allowed to do that? Because even I'm, like, I have that little tingling in my brain where I'm like, my gosh, if you put grass on top of it. And then I'm like, no, Greg, like, you know the truth, but they're well-designed. It's propaganda, right?
2: I guess to a degree, yeah. If there's not proper studies to support that just putting grass on top is going to actually reclaim those lands and not cause so much damage to... The areas, then I assume, yeah, it's very bizarre. It's like that I don't know enough about to call it propaganda, but that feels like it when you see it. Yeah, because
1: they're really well designed and they trick you. And they have so much money that they
2: can create things like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like one of the biggest industries that, of course, they they have
1: money to produce these well misinformation ads. And people really think of Canada as like so clean and green and all this stuff, but it's like the tar sands, which is how we extract oil here in Alberta and in Canada and in the West, is disgusting. Mm. They literally have to use Water to extract the oil from the sand, and you just end up with all this way. It's literally the worst thing in the world. And when we were traveling recently with Europeans, they all knew about it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, even Canadians, I feel like don't know that how blind bad. Eye. Yeah. And I remember once I was traveling in Sweden and there was an actual documentary. They were all like, oh, we're gonna sit down and watch the nightly like documentary news, and it was all about the tar sands, like a 10-part series. And I remember thinking, like, wait, they need to, like, do this more in Canada. <laughs> like, these <laughs> like, Swedish people we were like... should be educated yeah. on this. Yeah. So they were like, your country's disgusting. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> you guys are really looking into this. Okay, good to know. But in that time when we made that science video, do you remember when there was a... We were asked if we wanted to interview... Justin Trudeau oh, about yeah. the upcoming election. We would meet him in a hotel room, um, Omaha, hot, <laughs> and interview him, we were gonna get 10 minutes, but we were actually worried that it was gonna become too, too political, par- political or partisan. Because yeah. we knew we were gonna make a video about voting for science, in which case we obviously were trying to say don't vote for this conservative leader, Stephen Harper, who's silencing scientists. When Stephen Harper was the Prime Minister of Canada, so this is before Trudeau. You might not have heard of him if you're outside of Canada, he was definitely not on the cover of Vogue. His administration was silencing scientists. And what happened is that the Federal Information Commissioner became so conspicuous of what was going on that they launched a formal investigation into it and the results only came out last year. It confirmed the suspicions of the scientific community and found that Stephen Harper and his administration did in fact muzzle scientists in Canada and prevented them from speaking openly to the media about their research. And this was especially the case with issues in environmental science that conflicted with the conservative mandate which was at the time to use the Alberta oil sands to turn Canada into a energy superpower. Again, that's the conservative government who is wanting to make the tar sands in Alberta make as much money as possible, and therefore they stifled the science at saying, you know, this might be bad for the environment.
0: The, the notion that the way Canada is going to advance is by a zealous increase in our export of, of uh, oil and natural gas, and that we have to ease up the restrictions to allow more of that, flies in the face of all of the research on climate change.
1: Government scientists weren't allowed to talk directly to the media and were forced instead to communicate through these like media control centers that would deliberately not get back to journalists in a timely manner to make it seem slow and confusing. They would distort the research results fully and they'd even dictate to the scientists how they should answer questions, allowing them not to be free to explain their research.
0: Uh, Mr. Harper would probably be the first one to say politicians shouldn't be trying to pick winners and losers in the business world. We leave that to business people, right? And yet they think they can pick winners and losers in the scientific and academic world.
1: You might wonder why a politician would do this, but by restricting the flow of scientific information in this way, Stephen Harper and the Conservative government were able to limit the public's access to research. That way, no one could really be sure whether or not the government's decisions and policies were based on scientific data, which afforded Harper less accountability for the actions and for their policies and what they were doing as a government. In a way, it was like he got to almost close the door on people's perception of science and therefore also you know, make it seem like he didn't need to use science when he was making policies. And even if in the future people were like, you made mistakes, he could be like, well, maybe I didn't know. As well, during his time in office, Stephen Harper dismissed and defunded nearly 2,000 scientists and slashed billions of dollars from the budgets of several ministries and departments. And in 2014, a letter signed by 800 scientists from all over the world, 30 different countries, urged Stephen Harper to reverse the trend of defunding scientific research. So it was across the world that people were seeing this impact of a Canadian government trying to stifle science.
0: Scientists and science decimated by a transformation in political priorities, obliterating years of talent and experience.
1: This is just some convoluted but very obvious examples of what happens in the struggle between politics and climate change research. And I do think that in this time, and with all the research coming through week after week from scientists, we need to be voting for politicians who are thinking long-term and not short-term. That, to me, is what it comes down to if we are going to be able to survive, honestly think, within 100 to 200 more years on this planet. and i usually do vote ndp and i think last minute decided to vote uh justin trudeau for that reason we said earlier as it was sort of like the best option out of everyone mm-hmm. but i remember we really were sitting there struggling cuz we're like i mean he's really cute <laughs> like we, <laughs> like, were, we like, could hang out with him like we wouldn't mind on. like chatting with him like he's a pretty famous dad and like but we weren't actually <laughs> sure he was going to win but we had to make that right. decision which i'm proud of us for making as yeah. like to not you know given to sort of like the star-studded ability to speak right well Trudeau. i think it's also i mean not that we were at all being
2: paid for that i think we had access to him but something i didn't know and i think a lot of people in like this youtube world because we're not journalists uh, someone had once told me thankfully like you you should be careful to never accept money from political parties because it it obviously throws into question your credibility huh. and so when you're working with political parties on campaigns or whatever like you have to do it from a position of like Especially if you want, you have, like, journalistic integrity. Yeah. To make sure that it can never be construed that you were paid off to say something a certain way, right?
1: And I remember when we released that video, there a lot of, like, uh, radio stations and, like, people reached out to be like, can you speak to us about your opinions on the upcoming election? Because that's something that people want to talk about. And I remember when we were on those interviews having that moment where I'm like, I'm so happy we're not having a meeting with Justin Trudeau because we got to speak openly and be like, kind of say that. Like, here's some criticisms,
2: here's some truths. Yeah.
1: And not really be like, but, like, obviously we're like so liberal because we're sitting down and interviewing Justin Mm -hmm. Trudeau but the one thing I was interested about was whether or not they would let us because I know we were like if we do it we would have to be like we have to ask these questions Right. like I think we were like worried that they would be like okay here's what you can ask him (laughs) and then I'm like I don't know if we would have like backed out then or what would have happened because I remember there was a time when Obama sat
2: down with a handful of YouTubers and I I think they let them choose their own questions so far as I remember like Destin did one and I can't remember there was like two other YouTubers maybe who got to like live interview Obama on it's Ingrid Nielsen Nielsen. yeah I think she was one and I believe that I think Dustin had said, like, yeah, we were allowed to choose. like, oh my choose God, Mama
1: so Yeah, cool. which is an amazing
2: skill as a communicator to be like, I'm not afraid. I can yeah. take questions off the cuff. Like, I know my stuff. And that would have been really important, I think, to us. For any political candidate, I understand in certain situations they're, like, they have their message they're trying to hone through. But in a lot of situations, it's like, no, but I want to see you actually talk
1: yes. about issues which is what we will get to when we talk about Justin Trudeau after the break the current scandal yeah after the break oh my hey, god have I you see seen have you seen <laughs> have you seen Obama in the bomber jacket is recently? this recent oh he's so hot <laughs> he's just like in this like cool bomber jacket and it's just one of those moments where you're just like wow Damn. Greg really wishes I mean I guess I wish Obama was like our leader as well but what I you mean, don't like, what do you mean what I don't know. I just you mean, mean like I love Obama. You, I mean, like you're obsessed. I've always loved Obama. You're yeah. The Obama family. Michelle okay. Obama. Well, Ooh. when, like, when was the first time you really like heard about Justin Trudeau? I think I don't know. I mean, my I think of his dad, Pierre Elliott Trudeau, as someone a prime minister my family loved and who I like heard about my whole life. I remember. Wasn't he like?
2: I, I don't know my Canadian history, but wasn't I think he was a prime minister for, like, a long
1: time, right? Yeah, and he was very pro-immigration. He created a lot of like, the healthcare system, a mm-hmm. lot of the liberal ideology that we sort of, like, now spout as, like, Canada is a liberal place. A right. lot of it Coming came from, from his, like, tenure as prime minister. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, like, think I only knew, I knew about him as his son. I never really thought about him as, like, going into politics. And when he did, it was... I mean, it was a pretty big deal in Canada, but it wasn't as big a deal as it was when he got elected. Like, I think a lot of people weren't sure that he was going to win. Yeah, I I actually remember prior to him, I think, ever announcing he was
2: going to run for prime minister, but I think everyone knew it was leading to that. Like, that was going to be the narrative. I remember he would, like, balk. I really did not like him. I remember seeing interviews with him and finding him to be, like, actually seem young and immature and annoying and kind of pander the camera oh my god yeah I remember seeing videos and being like oh I really like I could never vote for this person and something happened like he either matured he changed he got like public speaking lessons and I can distinctly remember like the way he looked with longer hair and him like being very (laughs) aggressive about something in an interview once and being really turned off by it but then finding that he was able to develop that into a speaking style that was like more inspirational Mm -hmm. more like I'm angry but I'm not like flying off the handle angry I'm like Instead of yeah. flying off the handle, <laughs> yeah, I not. hope you're happy.
1: <laughs> so one thing I thought we could bring up as a story before we get into the debate was that he really is attached to this thing called Global Citizen. So he speaks a lot at the Global Citizen concerts. I like. I'm looking. Like, like, like do you know leaflet? what we're talking like, about? Yeah, no, I don't. Know. He donated a lot to Global Citizen as this. It's a philanthropic organization from Australia. Red flag. So, <laughs> oh my god. Greg. <laughs> so Global Citizen. We were asked to be a part of this event. It happens in New York City. They happen all over the world. Beyonce is part of this story. Mm-hmm. And it's what it is is this weird sort of concert where you earn the tickets by doing social good. So right. if you tweet something that's like to your like elected MP, like, we need to help like like, like get, end poverty end poverty and like get water to this specific place like that counts as like five points towards right. your ticket <laughs> if you actually like do community service that counts as 10 points for your right. ticket which i actually find it's quite cool interesting yeah. yeah no that's great it's an interesting premise and so we were asked to host sort of like a, a, a live, the live stream stream yeah of the one in new york two years ago and so looking into this we're like this seems really interesting <laughs> this seems really cool uh all these like all these celebrities are attached to this yeah. we're gonna go through YouTube so we show up and I just wanna like give people a glimpse into sort of the behind the scenes of these things cause I feel like a lot of people don't get to see it and for mm-hmm. me I found it like really hard to reconcile what was going on because on the day of the event the backstage is just it's full of celebrities like mm-hmm. And full of people, predominantly, It's very business, like very like schmoozy, like schmoozy, wearing beautiful outfits, like Going yeah. to drink and toast, very and like light like like, Hollywood. Very, I think, yeah, right? very like, Hollywood. I, unlimited alcohol, all the fanciest alcohol you could imagine. The amount of money that went into making sure that the you know the, the VIP people good, were yeah. good was in and that they felt yeah, it was like. Like that, it
2: was bougie and yeah. like it was so it was so yeah, like elegant. It, it was just weird when you're like, I think this is where you're going. That you're at an event that's about like putting money towards these great causes, yeah. but that there's clearly this people getting for, wasted. Yeah, yeah, And it's like for the celebrities to be there. Like my takeaway was like for those t- them to get those celebrities
1: there, they needed to provide an environment that was so lavish. And I think that maybe that is fair. Like maybe they need to know that. But I was just thinking. As celebrities, I was looking around at so literally like looking at Chris Martin in the eye, like in his outfit, and a lot of these people. <laughs> the yeah. Like... No, but I mean, like, remember how we were? It was like we've never really been shoulder to shoulder with celebrities yeah. in that way. Like and I was like,
2: Susan Sarandon was like right there. Yeah, it? and they're <laughs> all
1: dressed down. You know what I mean? Like they kind of want they 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 all take off their kind of like gown and put on right. the Global Citizen shirt to go on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, I think this is a time where everyone could have agreed that we could have had a less like luxurious. Yeah, we could have like struggled a little bit backstage because it's like. Like four for hours the long of-, of it just was like a lot of this money went into this, mm-hmm. and I think that it's like important that it went into the staging. And it was important to maybe like Beyonce, we will get to that, putting on this amazing performance for people. But I was really taken aback by like the luxury of the behind the stage thing. And maybe that's just what all celebrities expect. But I was like, come on, like we're all human, why does it need to be like this? And even this interactions we had with the people who ran it, they were really like didn't seem to be talking about the actual social good they were talking a lot about the business transaction of Mm -hmm. like us and it was really really weird but one thing i will say that was really cool speaking about beyonce we could tell our story is that (laughs) we were there the day before to set up and we are not celebrities so we were basking in the ability to be around these people and this was like the dress rehearsal for the concert (laughs) and so Everyone is like, Beyonce's dress rehearsal will be starting at 8 p.m. And no, of course, Beyonce will not be here for it because it's Beyonce. Right. She knows what she's doing. She, she practices at home. Practice. <laughs> so everyone, you can just go home. Nothing to see here. And me and Mitch are kind of like, okay, we could go home or we could just wait it out and see. You never know. You never know. And even like, I'm like I would watch Beyonce's backup dancers rehearse. And be, be fully so cool. like yeah. Uh, yeah. with
2: like not without an audience, yeah. We without just, an audience,
1: yeah. like it's Beyonce. So everyone's going home. Like even the person we were with was kind of like, we should go. And I was like, I'm not gonna go. Like there's nothing better. I would love to watch these backup dancers, even if she's not here. So we're waiting, and all of a sudden we're like in the little food tent. We're eating, and we start noticing like everyone starts walking in. They all have like the Beyonce lanyard. I'm like, mm-hmm. I start. I literally, I love Beyonce. I'm like, that's Beyonce's backup dancer. Like I yeah, recognize Greg that. Literally one. knew <laughs> everyone. Like he was like these these people are surrounding Beyonce
2: all the time. Yeah, I was like, those are the, like
1: I literally recognize them from the blow
2: video. She's like probably around
1: maybe. No, well we didn't think she was around because <laughs> we were told she's not around. Right, like that was very clearly like addressed to everyone. Mm-hmm. Go home. So we're like, okay, and like we still have this badge. Everyone's kind of like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, we're rehearsing. We have this badge. Like we have this badge. Like we have this badge. We should be here. We should be here. We should be here. So, anyways, it gets dark, and it's time to like start the rehearsal. And we're like, okay, we're gonna walk out. So we walk out to the front of the stage where there's, I'd say, like 50 people. A lot Mm -hmm. of them are the people running the event, who we now know. There's not that many people. It's really cool because then all of a sudden this you see the stage like literally what the people are in are these really ugly. Wooden boxes. They yeah. look like nothing, but then on stage with lighting, they look like, like they're really made of cool. like yeah. like beautiful like fabric it's like, yeah. brilliantly designed. Glass. <laughs> like we said, totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the front have of them are glass because you can like see through it. Like, yeah, it looks like they're in these boxes. But when know? they're like left like on a field, when you see them behind stage, you're like, that like, looks like trash. It's yeah, like, really like, cool. Plywood. <laughs> yeah, like it's well lit. So, anyways, it starts, and I'm like, this <laughs> this seemingly like I don't know like flamboyant guy in heels comes out as Beyonce. And all the backup dancers start going, and I'm kind of like Mitch. This is awesome. We're yeah, about fun. to watch, yeah, this like her performance, in. this stand <laughs> in, like he's mouthing, and then all of a sudden he just walks off, and Beyonce walks out into her place, in her like kind of casual. Casual, and I was like, D-d-d-d. so I'm like, it's Beyonce. I freak out. We everyone, including the organizers, like literally the CEO of this company, starts lifting up their phone to mm, record. Everyone's freaking out, yeah. And I swear to God, twenty to thirty. People out of nowhere start smacking our hands. They go, "Put your phone down! Put your phone down!" Yeah. So Beyonce's crew is like, uh, out in, is in out the the in there, knowing this is gonna happen. Yell, starts yelling in my face, "Do not record this!" Yeah, there was one person going around being like,
2: "These people cannot have their phones!" Like everyone, put away your phone right it now. It was
1: amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was, was like, "This is so..." In-, like they were on it. Yep. Put my phone away, I was like, you are exactly right. Because they were like, she's rehearsing. This is not meant to be consumed yeah, by anyone. anyone. And And also, then she's, we start seeing her going off on the CEO. She's like, you told us this would be a closed rehearsal. Yeah. Which is like, it's true. Our, we should not be here. We are measly little YouTubers <laughs> with this measly little badge, and it worked for us to get back to it. I do not know why this is work. So we got, and we got to watch it. So she didn't sing into the mic. She would mouth, but it was a dance rehearsal Yeah, she guess, was like, I think th-
2: for the staging and stuff, so yeah. she could like figure out her spots on something. And then
1: you would see people in the distance, literally like, it's past, like screaming. <laughs> like, like she was probably the tiniest little pin Eventually, to
2: them. I think they turned off the audio of her voice so people wouldn't realize from a distance oh, it was that. Yeah. And then you'd hear the track. Yeah. And they would be dancing on stage, but you wouldn't hear. I feel like maybe she was singing at first. And yeah, you're tur- right. And then they turned They turned off. her mic off because she they could were like, hear it's herself. calling people over. Yeah, And, yeah. They, and they didn't want that because there was no control of the crowd.
1: And then we saw Jay-Z in Blue come out, oh, remember? Yeah. And they started It was like, I was actually like, this is literally the coolest thing of our entire (laughs) life. But they, it was also amazing to see her kind of do her, go through the motions in rehearsal and then watch the next night and just Mm -hmm. see her turn it out. And I'm just like, she is the best performer of all time. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. her rehearse was like a blessing and then we remember we just went behind and hid behind We hid behind a trash can <laughs> so that we, can <laughs> so see so we could come see downstairs. her come yeah. and she like walked <laughs> on stage like got in a go-kart she seemed so nice like it was just it was yeah. one of those moments where I was like everyone was staring at her mm-hmm. and, she, and she's just so used to it so probably, used to yeah. it and she has built an amazing team of people around yeah. her so who she are, never has to be the yeah, real person re- be the real person and I swear to god there was like 30 of these like predominantly like black women who came out and I was like I love you Beyonce like you mm-hmm. have this team of people who work for you who have they are professional. They know what they're doing. And they yelled at those Australian CEOs right in their face. You know what I mean? It was like, I am, I am here for this. It was amazing. Anyways.
0: Beyonce is a queen and her beehive is loyal. I
1: think Beyonce just released an album on iTunes. <gasps>
0: Oh
1: my god! Oh my god! Whoa! Whoa! And there
0: is good reason to cry at a Beyonce concert. Her vocals are perfection. Her choreo is unmatched. But it turns out that concerts in general are good for you. One study took saliva samples of 117 participants before and after two separate concerts. What they found was a decrease in the level of steroid hormones, including significant changes in cortisol, which we associate with stress. This was the first evidence to show that a cultural event can impact your endocrine system and downregulate stress. This is even more amplified than listening on your own. Where an Australian study
3: G'day, mate. <laughs>
0: found that those who attended regular concerts had a higher sense of well being than those who didn't. This might have to do not only with your interaction with the musician superstars on stage, but your interaction with other members of the audience. The experience of shared rhythm and shared emotions is hypothesized as one of the reasons music exists in the first place. During our evolution, the synchronization that happens when moving to the beat can help us bond, enabling cooperation and survival of our
3: species. And rhythm saved the world. And in France not long ago, all the boys were feeling low.
1: As a whole, 12 is kind of weird, and Justin Trudeau has really leaned into it, and I think it's time we talk about our opinions on him.
2: Okay, well, we'll have a little break, we'll come back, and then we'll, uh, we'll get into the controversy
1: hello beautiful ears that are streaming in this luscious sound having you know those air particles just vibrate hitting that cochlea sending that neurotransmission to your brain thank you so much for letting us hit your cochlea wow that sounded dirty um again thank you so much for listening to this podcast and for using the hashtag side note podcast to, con- to get in touch with us we really love looking at that also on instagram tagging us it's so fun Either way, we just want to say thank you. We're working hard on this pod. We have some collaborations coming up to try and, like, get the noise out there a little bit more about what we're doing here. Feel free to tell your friends and family, but just keep listening, and thanks so much. And now let's go back to the debate about Mr. Trudeau. Debate big time. So today we're going to be having a discussion right now about our opinions on Justin Trudeau. I'm sure it will be
2: a little bit of a debate, but I think more and more like with this part of the podcast it's like this one's a little more up in the air. We don't exactly know who's on which side. Sometimes I'm we I'm so excited to talk to you. Yeah, this. it's also like a little nuanced and sometimes it's not. So yeah. Who, do you want to... Why don't we start by just uh, describing? Because I feel like a lot of people don't really understand what happened. It is a little nuanced in some ways, but I think we can just describe the simple aspects okay, you, of it. Okay, you
1: go for it, and I'll see if there's anything I feel like oh. to
2: add. Oh, <laughs> you go for it. Okay, I'm like, right, I don't want to mess it up. Okay, oh. so basically, there's this company called SNC-Lavalin, is that yes. how you say it? Um, and it is like a... Contracting company that's based in
1: Quebec, making like construction, like yeah, construction, and, and all buildings. around the world. So yes. they
2: they do this stuff all around the world. So what has happened is they were caught doing some maybe illegal activities. So they did do, illegal yeah, they were activities. like uh, bribing the government in Libya I, in Libya, and so the government of Canada or some pro- prosecution found out. So they need to be charged. Um, the problem was that they're worried about charging them because. If you it, This company does a lot of work in Canada, and so it, em- it employs something like 9,000 people. Yeah, it's a
1: very important thing that people say all the time. 9,000 jobs. Yeah, 9,000
2: 9, jobs. And on top of that, if you, if you persecute this company in the way that they would have, they can no longer apply for Canadian jobs for a decade.
1: Yeah, or jobs through the Canadian government. Through the Canadian, Canadian government.
2: They can't apply for those contracts. And people
1: will be like, okay, well, if they're going to go apply for jobs elsewhere, those other countries are going to mm-hmm. be like, wait, but why can't you even make? You know contracts in your own co- country. Oh, because you did these illegal things. Like it just would right. essentially maybe ruin the business, but which is a Canadian
2: grown, uh, French Canadian grown company. Yeah, that's which plays. But the into jobs the are all over. Yeah, the jobs are all
1: over. But if the company goes bust, then I'm sure all yeah. those jobs. Go and bust. they the. I would say just like doing a lot more research by the company. There was a lot of issues with the way that they bribed Libya, these up upper officials, but they also did briberies in Quebec to build a bridge in Montreal. Like uh-huh. it's, this, this is a, it's this a company. Scummy company. Yeah. Well, it's like, I don't know how often this happens in all of in business. Me as someone, I know we disagree a lot right. on these things, but as someone who's like really critical of like, companies in general, I'm like, this is just a depressing thing to hear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This company's literally corrupt. Okay, right. cool. So <laughs> it's going to get charged properly by the law to potentially lose all of its ability to make contracts with Canada, or they could just be fined Right, so that was perhaps what behind the scenes allegedly, you know, the government
2: was trying to figure out, like, is there a way that we can just find them so we don't destroy the company so we don't lose 9,000 jobs in Canada. And this company that's based in Quebec, which is a place that really matters for the liberals to win votes right now, They, I think they are concerned that if they lose all these jobs, not only does it look bad on a whole federal level, but it could also really impact their like maybe Like
1: Quebec. lose their next election. So they might lose the next election. But also I would say is that th- that type of deal to actually make these companies just pay a fine is what is a lot more common in, say, the UK and America. And, so yeah. maybe they were like, oh, status quo in these other western countries like we should follow that yeah but Canada no they have a different type of law that's actually a little bit more harsh
2: So then, the controversy comes when Justin Trudeau, who is well known for his, you know, gender parity on his cabinet—equal men and women—and trying to put people from different backgrounds, has a minister who is an Indigenous woman who was in charge of this Jody
1: Wilson-Raye. Yeah,
2: and she had decided, I don't think it's ethical. She said, like, nothing illegal is being done here, but I think that this basically this company should be charged Charged properly. properly. They're gonna—they did something bad. Um, And as a result, well, sorry, I shouldn't say as a result, but at the time, so in January, his cabinet was then shuffled and she was switched from that role in what would look like a demotion. But nobody necessarily knew this. And then recently she quit saying it was because of this that she was being pressured really, really badly to make it so this company she would interfere with the persecution or prosecution and that she would make it so that they were only fined, whatever. Yeah, she
1: felt like she was being influenced by the government. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, and just the other day, another female cabinet minister has also resigned, saying like, in apart. solidarity that they're, they're friends and they believe they want to, like, this is corruption. And they're like, we, we were brought on because we're trying to, like, get past the, like, swamp of politics and here we are having to, like... Leave it now because it's just the same old status quo. So that's kind of like the state of the controversy. There's still a lot of information that's being talked about that's coming out.
1: It is so interesting and juicy to what do you f- hear. Yeah, what do you find All right, the so most so here we go, here we go. Okay, so let's okay. have some thoughts. Let's talk about Justin Trudeau, okay? Mm-hmm. Like Let's let's try and, like, talk, chat about this through the lens of him. Okay. So what I find so interesting about this whole case is that I think it's helping people really understand and make politics become something that is not so confusing and it seems very it's kind of simple it's like it sounds confusing in theory but it's like okay there's these companies that clearly do illegal things Mm -hmm. they need to be charged but these companies also employ people in Canada like what do you do so I'm empathetic to like all sides of this yeah me too but one thing that I would say is that I find I when she talks about the way that these Uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould talks about the way that they kept sort of hassling her to, you know, maybe change her decision, maybe get some more insight into Mm -hmm. these things. And even the way that she has said that Justin Trudeau did say, you know, I am the MP in Quebec. Like, if we lose all these jobs or if they lose these contracts in Canada that could influence the election. Like that's what he insinuated. Things like that just make me be like, oh my God, okay, this, I'm glad that we're bringing to light that this is corruption. This does happen in government Mm -hmm. and I think that it's really not good optics for him because he sort of ran and came into power and was really good at taking to the stage, the world stage, as this person who's going to speak for the people and like be anti-corruption. Right. And be very democratic. Be like, we believe in democracy
2: and we're going to follow these rules and we're not going to like be behind the scenes like so many other governments have, trading
1: and benefiting off of stuff, benefiting off of like the taxpayer's dollar and this sort of thing. So one thing that just made me so frustrated in all of this, because... We can talk maybe now or later about how this is like potentially going to lose him the election. And I yeah. think what's frustrating to me is that when I think about the conservatives and I think about other, like I'm sure this happens a lot. I get it. It's like right the it doesn't always quo. come out. It doesn't always come out. And I think that's why these women are, in my opinion, awesome. They're almost acting as whistleblowers to allow the public to understand that these things happen all the time. But he hasn't spoken down the barrel of the camera to the Canadian people in a way that has sounded like authentic. Like be if he, real, yeah. Be he real. kind of ran
2: on a platform of being
1: real. Yeah.
2: And I mean, some people have always questioned him. Yeah, you said that you were like Yeah, but no. But the there spoke, was a point but... where I was like, okay, he feels more real than most politicians. I like when a politician can just talk off the cuff yeah. and not sound so scripted. And it is like, yeah, I, I wish right now that Justin Trudeau would sit down and put a YouTube video out or a live stream where yeah. he was just like, okay, this I is what understand happened. this is like it, it looks bad. I'm going to talk through what happened from my perspective. I think one difficult thing is that in all these articles and all this information, it's the prime minister's office. So he has a team of people. So it's not yeah. necessarily him who's the person nece- like telling uh, them that they have to change this. Right. Even he might be behind the scenes a- asking people to do that. But from, like, a Jody Wilson-Raybould's perspective, like, he wasn't coming to her being like, you need to change it. Uh, because he has a whole team of people who manage those things for yeah, him. Yeah,
1: so she was saying that she was being reached out to by a lot of different, like, staffers on his team. And then obviously that one meeting with him specifically to her face saying... Right. Like,
2: mentioning it, but not being yeah. like, oh, I'm not pressuring, but, like, just I want to make sure we're all on the same page
1: and aware of what's going on. So then uh, he did talk to the public today and I watched it and he also had like Jerry Butts lol of that name his like <laughs> his like literal best friend from like university who also was his but. yeah his like principal secretary who came forward and tried to portray that this was a lack of sort of communication a right. lack of trust and like misunderstanding between different sides yeah right? cause like she obviously took st- that being like being demoted from like attorney general to become like the veterans Affairs minister as like Mm -hmm. a demotion. Mm -hmm. But they really were thinking that like, Oh, we actually have to mix things up because this guy had retired and that they wanted her to become the indigenous affairs person because she is indigenous. But Mm -hmm. she was saying like, I don't want to actually do this because it would be, uh, taking over the Indian Act, which is something that she's been against like her whole life, mm-hmm. which they do admit like, oh, if we had had time, that would have been a smart thing to think like we shouldn't ask her to do this. Right. But then I'm like, why would you then still move her to Veterans Affairs? And someone s- did say to him, apparently, that, you know, if you do this, it's going to look like a demotion and she's going to think it has to do with SNC-Lavalin. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why did they continue because right, that's it? the question. Like, did they actually move her around? As a demotion, or is it just a coincidence? Yeah, like, you know? or is it like a big, like, actual misunderstanding? Right. But I just feel like when I'm learning all this information, it just feels like, yeah, like you. I, maybe it's easier to say now that this is all blowing up in their face, but it seems like there was something else going on there because wouldn't they have figured out that mm-hmm. obviously she's going to take this as a demotion? Right. And I think the biggest issue for what's happening right now is that he has always been such a staunch feminist. Mm-hmm. That's been something that. I want to talk about, which is like he made gender parity in his like cabinet and I thought that was a really amazing thing and here we see two women coming forward and using their voice and going against the status quo that I'm like I don't know if this would have happened if it were not for their pos- positions as women, as mm-hmm. indigenous people to stand up for what is right Like, and I think that he in a sense brought that on by bringing them into yeah. A position.
2: Yeah it's like obviously very ironic because he was the progressive candidate yeah. even though like he still ran on a liberal agenda it wasn't necessarily that he was like further left than before he thought it was important to bring on people who were really progressive and interesting and young candidates and people from like you to said, mix like it up women and, and people yeah. who were indigenous but it's like the question is like did that bite him in the butt because he's not as progressive as them perhaps yeah or if
1: he like or he just didn't like, have was the it foresight to see but I do think like that's why we should start talking about how this sort of fits in the larger picture of politics and whether or not we actually think he is like a good or a bad prime minister, for example, in the larger picture. Well, there was one quote I wanted to read from
2: uh, Wilson Raybould that I thought was very interesting and good. She said, "I come from a line, a long line of matriarchs. Um, I'm a truth teller in accordance with the laws and traditions of our big house. This is who I am, and this is who I will always be." So she stands by the fact that she found it unethical. She's grown up in an environment where you are supposed to always tell yeah. the truth, and she couldn't continue on
1: being in. This and a lot situation. of people are saying like it's not illegal, or we need someone to. She say also said
2: specifically she said it nothing was illegal like yeah. she has qualified that she was never asked to do something illegal but she felt it was inappropriate
1: and i think that the handling of everything that came out after she initially said you know I really feel like the liberal government was kind of persuading me to do something because of SNC-Lavalin. They like that's when Justin Trudeau started to refer to her only by like Jody, not by her full name and mm. so they started to eventually some people started to say she was difficult to work with. And right. I think that's what actually brought on Jane Philpot to step down by being like you're treating this situation right. in a in somewhat a sexist manner. And I think those were mistakes. Those were big mistakes cuz if he had just been clear and if he really was like, oh, if, if they had everything sorted, if they knew what was going on, they would have been able to be like, okay, no, this was a misunderstanding from the get-go and maybe like been able to come out sooner and speak on what they're saying now at the time right. when she came out. And this has blown up. Like, I don't know yeah, they're if they're going to be able way. to recover I'm from
2: confused. this. I, I'm curious because we have friends who literally didn't know anything about it. But I see. I'm like seeing it everywhere, and there are definitely lots of people I know. But who are some, like, people well, are not, some people are not. Some people are like, I voted for him, and I actually can't vote for him ever again. Yeah. Like, is the sentiment right now? So I, I don't, I don't think anyone really knows. Is the election far enough away? Will it actually yeah, impact them? Will blow over? Will it blow over? Will it be running over and over? And will more details come out that make it worse? So this is the big picture now, where I, like, what do we do me with sad Justin Trudeau? Because the alternative in. Andrew Shear is like very disturbing and very scary. And when we talk Explain on the that World more. Stage, Cons-
1: he's a conservative Yeah,
2: he's like an extremely conservative, like anti-abortion, evangelical, evangelical yeah. like like problematic human being that for me I would feel like very sick to my stomach knowing that this scandal which I do believe is important, and I support the people who are, like, fighting against this scandal, but it would be really disheartening to me to think that this is the reason that someone like him would win, which would only cause how many more of these problems? Yeah. Not necessarily this kind of business problem, but, like, the issues that all these liberal people, and including the two women who have stepped down, are obviously in support of, might actually be fully reversed
1: if a conservative government is to win. Well, there's Jack Me thing, thing. There's still the... NDP. Yeah, there's other alternatives. But there
2: are many, many people who might feel scared, like they've never
1: been in federal power should I say is it never? I don't actually No, they've been in federal power, but you're saying a lot of people don't there are a lot of people in Canada who won't vote for NDP. The NDP's never been in federal power. Are they
2: not? No. Oh
1: wait, are you serious? Yeah, they. They
2: uh, in Ontario. They oh run, okay, and that's when. So like, that's the rate why people is. are nervous. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Ontario who have had issues with like the NDP government, and are scared that you know if they've never run a country, how are they going to know how to do it? So there's a lot of fear behind that. But oh, are you checking? Yeah.
0: <laughs> a quick fact check confirmation: the NDP party has never held leadership at the federal level. There has never been an NDP prime minister. But who is the NDP? They're the new Democratic Party. And compared to the Liberal and Conservative Party, they're a young, hip party. They're only 57 years old and established in 1961. And though the party has gone through twists and turns of who am I, who are we, and have more recently voted away from their socialist roots, Ideologically, they would still be considered to the left of the Liberal Party under the ideology of social democracy, which is the support of economic and social interventions, such as a $15 minimum wage or childcare for all, all within the framework of a liberal, democratic, capitalist economy. Though there hasn't been an NDP prime minister, there has been support at the territorial and provincial level. In Canada, we have 10 beautiful provinces and three stunning territories.
2: We are Canada made up of 10 provinces and three territories with capitals in all. We're here to teach you all and then some facts that go along with them. So sing along with me now. Let's have a ball.
0: I found that song and at first I was like, ooh, no thank you, but it's actually a bop and I learned some new things like Alberta's provincial tree is the lodgepole pine and that Canada's highest mountain is Mount Logan in the Yukon. Anyway, what I was saying was there has been NDP premiers, meaning the leader at the province and territory level in seven different provinces and territories. And currently, the premier of British Columbia and the premier of Alberta is NDP. This October, Canada will have another federal election. And we'll have to wait and see what happens. Will Justin Trudeau still be prime minister? Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe NDP leader Jagmeet Singh could take it.
2: But yeah, I think on a grand scale, when you look at Justin Trudeau as a world leader, it, we're in a weird time with people like Trump, with people like all over the world. We have Putin, we have Duterte. Is that how you say his name? Like from the Philippines, like yeah. extremist leaders who are populist leaders, but then we have someone like Justin Trudeau, who I, I understand some of the grievances with him, and I understand at times people are like, oh, he's just a Photoshop or a photo shoot opportunist and that kind of thing. That may or may not be true. I don't like fully believe it. On the world stage, he's obviously is somebody who supports democratic values. He did bring parity to his cabinet, which has never really been done before in the country. And even if those things, if you think they're just a front to like gain a popular vote, they actually did make a difference. And it's interesting. Like I was looking up some of his accomplishments so far, and it's like Canada right now has the lowest level of unemployment in forty years, the fastest growing wages in a decade, and the lowest
1: debt to GDP ratio among any of the G seven nations. And so, he like he has done a lot of things for refugees too. Like we sponsored a Syrian newcomer. Summer, and there were some programs that we used that I was looking at that he actually initiated that did make the settlement of Hassan a lot easier. Mm. Like I I firsthand like I had to go through specific government they agencies to get things recently. and I was like wow okay Justin Trudeau created these like as someone who obviously thinks Canada needs newcomers in order to survive like the East Coast literally is an aging population. People need to understand that if we want our economy to survive we need newcomers to Canada. He did help do that, which is the right thing to do ethically, but also from an economic perspective, we need people to come to Canada. Mm -hmm. So I just think like that was something I got to experience firsthand that was thankful to some of the policies that he and his administration had brought in. And I was like, that wouldn't have been the same case if there had been someone elected in the conservative government, I'm sure. So he's done good things, I think is what you're trying to say.
2: Yeah, and I think that for... Like you said, I do think in some ways and I like I won't paint conservatives, especially conservatives in Canada with a blanket brush, because I think it is a much different country than America right now. But it is like I worry that these things have and always do happen. And I wonder, like you said, like if it was within the conservative party, would it maybe have just never come out because there weren't progressive candidates like we've had right now? And I know I I
1: genuinely think that that wouldn't happen. And so that's the frustrating part that
2: that could lose an election. And that's something that I'm sure, like, they, the two women who have left now are going to have to think about but if, I, if the election so, is lost. So but is a, that is maybe not fair to throw on them when they're yeah, like, but I'm standing for my for own rules right. and, and that that that's. why I sleep at night. And I think
1: that's the thing that for me I'm trying to, like, figure out. I think, like, big picture, this is a good thing. This is a good moment for democracy to have a woman come forward and face all these people and say, you know, what I feel— was unethical happened and this is how and this is why and that we actually get to see the inner workings of politics Mm -hmm. like even listening to Jerry Butts we'll never get over that name even listening to Jerry Butts like have to speak yesterday about how they went through the decision making of how to move people around within it was like we don't actually get to hear about this that often I even if we do I don't listen to it so Mm -hmm. we're all hopefully tapped in and I think what I worry about is that a lot Of people this is a scandal that I've been so excited to read about maybe preparing for this podcast but we have a lot of peers who just like glaze over these headlines Mm -hmm. and maybe we'll leave this thinking oh wow Justin Trudeau is corrupt and all these things that I'm like well it's actually really important that you read what happened read people's opinions read how I think these women in many ways are standing up for what is right and I like I'm so proud of them for doing that but like understand what the other options are in the next election obviously Andrew Shear is using this as like a moment to be mm-hmm. like he needs to step down as prime minister and all these things which I don't Agree with? Oh yeah, and also
2: because people have talked about in Ontario right now, the, similar things have happened with our conservative government yes. being like cronies and using it to bolster their business. Wait, what does cronies mean? L- a, like a like a criminal who like oh. is like a mobster. I know. Like, um, well, that's the thing. And so, like but dug Andrew Scheer, the conservative federal leader, has never addressed that. But the second Justin Trudeau did, yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, we care so much about institutions being like right to the law, whatever. Yeah. So it's a frustrating time that it's it's very opportunistic. I saw like the. Tw- tweets from both women uh, kind of addressing when they were leaving um, and a lot of people have said like if you look look at the supporters who are tweeting and talking about this so many of them are conservatives who are using this as an opportunity to be like yeah we support you like we're so happy you stood up for justice mm-hmm. but it's like how do we and it, and I agree they stood up for justice and they stood but up for what is right how do it. we make sure as progressive people who want a country where we like support all different and anti-corruption people, yeah yeah that we don't let this moment be taken Become, out of context yeah. and be used as, oh, it's such a scandal. I don't know. It's just that. I was really sad reading about it because there's a lot at stake in like a liberal democracy. Yeah. Like a democracy that does favor transparency. And I agree. Justin Trudeau is kind of, since he's been elected, gone a little behind the scenes, not talked as much, maybe not been as transparent as he should have exactly. been. Exactly. That that's what I think his mistake is. Yeah, But at the risk of what? You think that the conservative government's more transparent, that they're going to have an interest in supporting science and supporting climate change and supporting I like know. the initiatives that will cost the
1: country money, but for the benefit of more people. But I still don't think that you can then just like ignore the fact that this happened. Like That's why I think I it's know. so interesting that people read about this and have a good understanding of where they want to their opinion to lie because you're right. The conservatives are going to use this like to their advantage Mm -hmm. and i think there is a way in which especially with with um jane philpot stepping down like there's a way that they i don't think that they can necessarily recover from the optics of this Mm -hmm. two women really coming forward and saying that this was a mistake and i think in my opinion though like in the larger picture like i'm proud that they did that and Mm -hmm. they came forward and said those things but i do think there's a lot more at stake here and i think What frustrates me is that as someone who is left leaning and who has done a lot of research, even, for example, with what's going on in America right now with Fox News and how they literally are disseminating fake information, they are (laughs) feeling comfortable with using propaganda. And they've studied, literally studied right wing establishments like Fox News and the way they disseminate information and left wing. And they have found that right wing people are a lot more comfortable with fully lying, with literally not telling the truth. And I think that is really scary because I'm not saying yet that necessarily that's what conservatives are going to do, but Doug Ford, the conservative leader of Ontario, Mm -hmm. certainly is comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. So there is this level of like, okay, we can't not... We can't just allow us all to go, okay, Justin Trudeau is bad, so now we have to flip the switch. Mm-hmm. We have to understand, like, in a nuanced way, where our opinions lie. And I just don't think people have the time and energy to be doing that. Like it's hard. I think time. I really got to understand this because I know we wanted to talk we about like it reading. on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's confusing. It's I would just like want people to know that it is exciting to learn about these things and it is important to educate yourself on what's going on. But you're right. This could be the thing. That ruins Justin Trudeau's legacy, mm-hmm. which I don't know if necessarily that is fair based on what happened, but I do really think that there is a world where it's like this: these things need to happen in order for things to change. And mm-hmm. just because you claim to be a feminist and you use all of these optics right. for your Doesn't advantage, mean you, you yeah, need to...
2: You can't exploit them yeah. without actually standing to their standard. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't exploit progressivism, is that a word? Yeah. Without also being held to its judgment.
1: And, and really like gain the benefits of the world stage thinking of you as the leader of of like the progressive movement yeah, yeah. then these things are going to come back and haunt you if you don't handle them properly it's one of those frustrating things where it's like the with great power comes great responsibility and he you know he really propped up his responsibility as that person and he maybe we expect so much of people like this to be perfect right. but for me i think i heard an interesting quote i don't know if it was from him
2: or someone was talking about him they said like don't it was like, don't uh, compare me to... Okay, this is like gonna be a really botched version of this, but it's Uh like, don't judge me by the standard of God. Judge me by the standard of who I'm up against. Yeah. Which is like an interesting thing, because right now everyone's like, he's so bad. But then I think the end of our whole conversation here has been like, but we should really be evaluating the Liberal Party against the other parties they're running against and not to the standard of being perfect when it comes to this, when it comes to the election. Right now we can judge, I think, but then when it comes to the election, it's like, this doesn't stand in
1: isolation of the comparison between Mm -hmm. what the parties actually stand for, I think. So one, the last thing that I want to say is that what this continually makes me feel and I just, is that we need women to be in power is like something I really think that needs to happen and then think for that to happen, men need to start stepping down their responsibility. I think we need to be propping women up, which he actually did with gender Mm parity, but we need to go even further. I think climate change is the biggest issue of our time. We all need to be focusing on that. So when the next election comes, Mm. the conservative government is not the government to vote in. The other two parties are the ones that are better at it. But I think Justin Trudeau has made a huge mistake with the pipelines in Canada. Mm. I am, I guess... Thinking of those from a more radical perspective, because I do have opinions on how we should run the energy sector of Canada, and I really think we need to be phasing that out, which he's not. He's very centrist on those things. So I just think, like, come the next election, again, vote for science, vote for climate change, wherever you are across the world. If you want your kids and your kids' kids to survive, that's what you need to be focusing on. And so that will, I think, allow people to, in the next election, be thinking about Justin Trudeau yeah, and, I also and NDP say, like, over Andrew Scheer. This
2: isn't just, or this is not ASAP science, so don't just vote for science, because science is not always kind to all people. And I say vote for science, but also vote for, like, compassion and equality and yeah, fairness amongst, fair. like, society, which is something that I think leftist ideals up, uphold. Yeah, that's and care about, where equality, it, Science, to me, yeah. is one of the most important things, especially with climate change, but how do we improve the quality of life for all Which is something that yeah. he has,
1: you know, when...
2: Like, and does stand for yeah. especially on the world stage when you look at the differences yeah. between countries in that sense so no final decision yet it's quite a ways away
1: maybe we'll do an but read about action, it it's so juicy it like it's juicy. so interesting and it's right now it really is about uh, we're in the middle of it. he said she said at this point yeah. and there's not gonna be a judge who's gonna like bang a gavel and say okay this is the proper evidence like it really is up to the general public of Canada to decide how they feel about this so you need to educate yourself because no one's gonna be telling you what to Mm -hmm. think Ugh, oh my gosh, it's crazy, Ooh. Justin Trudeau. No, he. I'm just picturing him, and uh, just every morning waking waking up screaming, <laughs> just know. like, just like, just like, oh, like, 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 we were, Vogue. like we were on vote, we were on vote. You know what I mean? Like we
2: were. The tides have turned. The tides have turned. Oh. And what's the phrase? You know, you you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Unless you're Obama. Okay. Well, uh, you never know. Like Watson I and do Crick. Know. I mean, he
1: still is alive. I'm saying you die a okay, hero. Okay. I'm literally like. I'm like, what if he does something crazy? Red, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Michelle and Maroc, like perfect. Like, put a plug in it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening.
2: Um, let us know your opinions. And oh, read by about the this. way, I'm not using social media anymore. So, <laughs> if you've been tweeting me, if you've been using a hashtag, <laughs> and I'm not responding, that's why I might come back to it, but I was just taking a little, like, cleanse, it's and a great. little bit break, break for great. myself. That's why but you've read four still, books. Still, hashtag side note podcast, still at Mitchell Woffitt, at PPL. Well, I'll read them. Yeah, Greg can read mine for me and respond to you. Uh, but let us know what you think. Are you angry? Are you upset? How? How will this affect if you're Canadian please, and on the world stage Please do you let give us a crap know. I don't know okay we'll see you guys next week bye Roots.